I liked Colbert back when he was funny. And uh, he's not funny anymore. But back when he was on the Colbert Report and he was like pretending to be conservative. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was amusing yeah. then. He's sure. not funny anymore. I didn't agree with him necessarily. He's preachy. It's really bad. It's an alternate it's alternative really religion. It's, worse. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. It's worse than hell, Bob Cohen. But there was one bad... <laughs> Here, drink this. <laughs> are, we, are we recording this? Yeah, you know, I figured we'd start. No, but are we? Yeah, yeah we this? are. It's recording, but, you know. So I get confused when I get on the Roadcaster uh, Pro. I know. Red, it, red well, means it's recording. And, it, and, and I guess that's supposed to warn sounds. But he was funnier then. He's not funny now. He's not funny now. It's garbage now. I haven't watched it, but I just watched these little clips. Well, I got excited when he, you know, I was like, oh, good. He's back on. He's doing a thing. And then I watched a little and I watched some clips and I'm like, no, this is funny. It's all just terrible. Which is kind of in an interesting way for you to entree uh, us into this fifth episode of the, the Minivan the Centurion episode. Uh, Minivan Centurion podcast for yes. the MC Curious. Yes. It's always... <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to be an MC, MC or MC curious. MC curious, if you're MC curious and you're listening to this, uh, this is the podcast for the burgeoning social movement of two. It's nascent. Yes. Uh, right now, it, uh, it's, it's two members. Yes. Uh, founding members are darkest of all helmets. Yes. My erstwhile podcasting partner and uh, myself, Dread. Yes. Um, there may be, I think there's. Dozens and maybe even scores of MC Curious. There are there are scores of MC Curious, but none that have come forth and said, "Count me amongst thy ranks." I actually saw a Facebook comment today uh, from a guy who said, "I'm glad I'm an M- I'm a minivan centurion." So oh, there's three. There's three. Do you remember the name of them? I, I could look it up. I'll look it up. We'll look it up. Later. We'll look it up later. We'll look it up later. But uh, so there's at least one extra. And guy. I will say there have been a couple people who have hashtag tweeted minivan centurion. Yeah, like Bolt. As an example. Sure. Right? And a couple other guys, like uh, iJob. Yeah. Right? So there's a few. So I would say they are MC curious to the point of they may, may they jump may, into they may the, have jumped into these burgeoning social movement right. of two. Now, Although I will never refer to it in any other fashion other than a burgeoning social movement of two. To uh, I'm not to fully to. jump in, from move, to move from the category of MC curious to fully MC, yeah. there's a, um, a, a shadowy right, R-I-C-E. Yes, yes. And, and there's branding involved. So there's markings of the skin. Yeah. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in fact, I mean, darkness makes this kind of point in his bumper, which is you may already be one and not and even, you don't even know it. Don't even know it. Yeah. All you need to do is open your eyes and right. accept the truth. Like look in the uh, look in the side view mirror of your beaten up minivan and look at your cargo shorts and your your drugstore flip flops and your ten dollar right. haircut. Right. You're a minivan centurion. Ta-da. Right. If a random woman who doesn't know you will turn one of her children over to yes. you put, to use put the her child in her right. care, right, right, yeah, then you, uh, you may be, you may a be minivan a minivan centurion. <laughs> it's like a whole Foxworthy bit now. Yes. Like, we'll have to do that. It's a uh, if you find yourself wanting to keep the middle, right, and get rid of the orists, you might be a minivan centurion. Well, uh, what I found interesting about uh, your initial. Um, Contentions with regard to Stephen Colbert. Yes, uh, the he, he in his efforts to mock, I guess, Trinitarian Christians by subtly sub mocking right. non Trinitarian Christians. Yes, I, you know he he cast aspersions on the entire believing world in a sense right. because for him he is an orist. He he is an orist. He's an orist. Yeah. And that uh, was even back when he was pretending to not be. But even right. even when he was, well, I guess he was still pretending to be. He was just pretending was, to be the other kind of orist. I thought it was a thin pretense. Oh, it was super thin. 
super thin, but yeah. it was still funny. It was still funny. It was yeah. it was funny, um, and I thought that was his highest and best use right now. I just think yes. he's garbage. What is funny about an orist like him is he does not recognize that he also is promulgating a particular belief system. Right. But he doesn't call it that. Um, maybe it's a disbelief system, like you need to believe this or you're wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how it comes across to me. <laughs> we, because, we're going to definitely put yeah, that on Yeah, I mean, be, uh, because he, uh, like a lot, and a lot of secular communities are like that. It's like, if you believe in God in any way, really believe. Yes. Then you must be stupid. Yes. That is very much the, right. the, the sort of the clerisy position. Right. Having once believed that myself, I know exactly how that feels. Ah. Because you look out at the world and you look at people who have hope. Yeah. Um, how simple-minded right. must those people be? Well, you're, they actually scare you. You know, that's what I realized about myself. Ooh, so when I, would, when I would look at a man of faith who, who had faith, right, a belief mm-hmm. in the unseen, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. he had hope. He had a, a uh, hope for things which are not seen, but which are true. That's right. Hope, you know, being you know a uh, a uh, optimistic expectation of future occurrences, mm-hmm. right? Hope mm-hmm. uh, in something outside of himself, and you know, and an all knowing and all loving God. Um, of course, I didn't want to believe that to be true because I didn't share that belief, and it seemed to me that their hope meant that m- my lack of faith. Mm-hmm should cast upon me a sense of doom. I was going to say that. And quite frankly, my, consequences to believe in like that. My large headed friend, it did. And, and of course that made me anxious and angry mm. and ang- anxiety and anger also often lead to mockery. Sure. So I, I get the Stephen Colbert's of the world and they don't really, that kind of guy doesn't really make me mad. I just more, more feel sorry for him than anything else. That's fair. And, and hope I have hope that, you know, guys like that can can um, uf themselves. As we like to say, <laughs> get them, extract, uh, get, reverse their rectal cranial inversion. Yeah, because that ain't no way to live life, right? You know, and uh, it's miserable. I, I have something I want to say about that. What we're going to do really quick before I say it, though, we're going to roll the opening. We are, and, and we're, we're back. back. We're putting the band back together. What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the Minivan Centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The Minivan Centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. And we hope you're following along on our system. <laughs> sure, hope you know, because I don't know if you do dark. I often listen to the old. Um, oh, sure. The uh, extracted versions. Yes, of the, uh, the what 40, I like to call forty three classic. Forty three classic. So, darkest and I. This or is vintage, our, maybe this vintage. Is our second uh, podcast. We formerly did a podcast 
uh, called 43 feet mm-hmm. and uh, it was based on uh, F3's Q source. Yes. And uh, there's 50 points in the 50 Q points and we went through it twice. We did. So we had at yeah. least a hundred. Yeah. We had a hundred plus episodes right. of that. And uh, so plus a bunch more episodes, but yeah. So the second portion or the, of the <coughs> 43 foot podcast, what we call the substantive portion yes. was really to, to decipher the Q point. Right, there was always some some general uh, jib jabbery and such. Well, at that the was beginning. The, well, the big, that was the kind first of the setup and the fun and the and we had some featurettes. And, right, the non sustainable portion. Right, the first part yeah. was really for our own immature amusement, <laughs> and uh, and now we have an entire podcast right. dedicated to that. So. Early on, Tim Watson said to me, mm. I, "I don't want to hear that part." Why don't you guys just get to the substantive part? I said, right. because you are a dull, humorous man, humorless man. And he's like, I'm somewhat I, true. I like humor, but you're but you're not funny. You're kind of a low rent Stephen Colbert, TBH. <laughs> he's like, it's not that I don't like humor. It's just that <laughs> you're not funny. So anyway, somebody, right. I don't know, somebody, right. I don't even know who, took the- Oh, there's elves, I believe. They took yeah, the some 40, elves. these things are available out there on the internet, and took them- and truncated them by removing all the, yes. the non-substantive portion and c- came Going up with right what to. the darkness calls 43 classic. Yeah, or, or vintage, maybe vintage. vintage. I don't know, either way. Know. Classic, vintage, right. but yeah. But I listened to them, and uh, I enjoy listening to them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what I miss, one of the things I miss about them is uh, some of the little catchphrases we had, like, we're going to pontificate. We're going to teach leadership wildly. and pontificate yeah. wildly. <laughs> you know, because the Q points had a, uh, an idiotic numbering system, we would right, say, right, right. Yeah. we would designate it. We'd say, oh, this is the Q3.2, if you're following along our idiotic numbering system. And which then, we hope you are. Which we hope you are. And yeah. so we had it down to a little bit of a... a there ban- was a rhythm. A rhythm. A, yeah. a, a rhythm and a bantering science. And it. as and as we proceed down this road of uh, centurionism, I, I perceive and, and believe that we will again find a rhythm of sorts. Maybe we will. So we shout will. shout out to the MC Curious. We may yeah. we may do that. But then I, <laughs> what I think is going to happen is if the Tim Watsons will come in and say, "Well, we want you to start with just the, start with right. the substance." So the substance, I guess, uh, of to 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 use that framework would be this week's uh, drop. It could, yeah, it certainly could be. Which right? I think is chapter 11. Chapter 11. Which is... Uh, which is entitled, no relation to bankruptcy whatsoever. Uh, nope. Nope. Which is entitled The Middle. The Middle. Now, for the MC Curious, each of the 19 chapters of the Minivan Centurion, which is the full name is the Credo, the credo of the Minivan yeah. Centurion, is, uh, has two words. Oh, you know, I yeah. hadn't I hadn't caught that. Yep. So there's a pattern there. There's two yeah. there's three two. lines, three dots. Yep. It's all the two middle, words. the splitter. Right. It's all yeah. two words. Got um it. and no subtitles. So uh that you know, that's a little bit of a um I say stubborn a counterproductive thing to do because it's kind of what I've learned over time is it's really the the pithy subtitles that get people to click in. Uh-huh. Um but I don't think it's a surprise to anybody who's actually read any of these things is I'm not really trying to get you to click in. <laughs> I mean, I I that's wa- my job. I'm working well, on that. Well, I mean, I want I want people to read it. Yeah, but, um, but you don't want it to be for the clickbait reason. Nope. I'm trying to I'm trying to get out some serious. You're thoughts. trying Seri- to all be all substantive. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. So yeah. it's written differently in yeah. that sense, and I think because yeah. uh, we're taking on some serious topics. So this week's serious topic, the so, middle. So before you jump in there, let me just let me back up a little bit and say uh, if we only hit the chapters there'll only be 19 of these and there'll be a lot more than 19 of these so we may go through the chapters in some way oh. to kind of introduce them uh, gotcha. and that's fine 
and we, you know, we'll, we'll do that and you'll get some information there, uh, Pax. But uh, we also will address other kinds of things related, uh, certainly, to holding the middle and being a minivan centurion right. and what it takes to do that and, and why one would want to. Um, however, with that said, today, I think it's, uh, it's very apt. In fact, this is, uh, I tweeted it and, and LinkedIn it and Facebooked it and whatever else there was to do with it socially. Uh, and said, I think this might be uh, the, the most important. I'm not going to say my favorite because um, I've enjoyed many of the chapters, uh, but this may be the most important to me. I feel like this is a pivotal chapter in, in the book. Yep. It's, uh, rough, the it's roughly in the middle of the book. Ah. It's, and I, it was called The Core for a while, and I changed it okay. for a couple of reasons. Core's just got too many meanings, too many, and the middle really doesn't. And also, it's really the middle. Uh, represented a lot of the kind, really the essence of what I was trying to get across. Well, yeah, the, the conceptually of uh, the the middle being this this place where probably most of us live, right? Uh, and you know, if in in the big curve of of this, this the normal the normal curve, yeah, that's and, exactly what it meant. Yeah, right. And so, yeah. So the middle the middle is that uh the, the the concept or the theory of the middle is that every organization community whatever you got um looks essentially like a normal curve in the sense that uh the great majority of its members reside in the middle you know uh not in standard deviations away from the mean uh and uh at the ends of both ends of every organization community any kind of group you have uh nation uh will be uh, skinny ends, like they're skinny. Like if you yeah. pi- if you picture that standard, that normal curve, right? right. So, uh, uh, you know, fifty percent of the curve lives under one standard, sixty eight percent under two, right. you know, and so right. on and so on. And I think uh, remembering back to for some reason, I took a tremendous amount of statistics in college, and I can't remember why, but I did. But trying to remember, I think they call those the tails. Like okay, th- that you know your standard deviations from the mean are your tails, yeah. right? Yeah. And at the the farther out you get to the ends, the skinnier they get. So that's the right. that's the concept of the middle. Now the skinny ends are where the um, uh, I guess I'll use the language of goo was where the extremists lie. Okay. And you could make the connection by saying, well, they're they're at the most they're the at yeah, the, the extreme at, ends right. of that's right. that's either right. end of the curve. They're most distal. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. And they're the most narrow, and they should be. Now um, in the middle, we say. Resides the Andists. Yes. And the Andists are those people who can acknowledge two sometimes contradictory facts in their heads at the same time. Right. <laughs> like they can accept that. And the, and the facts would be, you disagree with me about something important. Sure. But we can be united. Right. right? So, and the example that we often kind of jokingly banter back and forth is, uh, Dave being a Trinitarian Christian and me being a non-Trinitarian Christian, we both agree for sure there was an empty tomb. Right, right. So yeah. these important things are uh, a reference to the Augustinian Code. St. Augustine said that in the essentials there must be unity, mm-hmm. in the non-essentials there must be liberty, and in all things there must be charity. And the point of that was was to say that there are certain bedrock principles at the middle of right. any group of people who seek to stay united along a common purpose and they have to have full unity which is agreement full agreement yeah. on those essentials but the remainder of the of the of the 
um, aspects of the group are non-essentials. In, in other words, they're not essential to the belief system. Right. The difference being between unity and unitedness. Right. As you, as you, they're almost point in the book. They're, they're, I, I think of them as related antonyms almost because, and they you get used interchangeably by goo. Right. Um, when they're not at all. So unity means full agreement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you and I, for instance, uh, have full agreement on the, on the question of whether or not the tomb was empty. We say that a lot, right? right. The empty tomb, meaning that, uh, on Easter, um, when uh, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, there yep. wasn't anybody the, in there. The stone was moved. The stone was moved. Jesus is nobody there. Right. Yep. That that is a a core essential in a Christian belief system. Yes. Whether Trinitarian or not, or non-Trinitarian, um, another core essential uh, would be that uh, you can place nothing before God. Yeah. Right. It's God. God. Yeah. God be first. Right. Well, that was. Uh, of all the ones written on the tablets, that was number one. That was number one. Um, and the second one would be uh, that you have to love your neighbor as yourself. Right. What we commonly refer to as the golden rule. So if you mm-hmm. put those uh, in order, one, put nothing before God. Two, um, that, that... Neighbor yourself. Uh, right, right. The golden rule. And third, that the tomb was empty mm-hmm. because that culminates all that. Right. Now, right. Jesus literally said was recorded as saying, depending on what you believe, I believe you literally said it, that when asked, uh, when challenged, I believe by Pharisees, he re- to, to try to trip him up, he said um, the first two. Obviously, he didn't say the tomb is empty because he was walking around, but he said the first two, you know, love no, you know, put nothing before God and love your right. neighbor as yourself. And upon these two, uh, upon yeah. these two, hang all the, the rules and the, and the prophets yeah. hang upon, they hang. Right. In other words, you could look at them as like um, hooks on the wall, big, powerful steel hooks. Well, yeah, these are the anchors, anchors to better which word. you would uh, right. to which you would moor yourself. That's right. Yeah. So, as Christians, as as Darkness and I both are, which simply means followers of Christ. So far as I understand it, we have to have unity, meaning full agreement on those essentials. Yeah. Uh, to be united in Christ, it's yes. kind of simple, right? Yeah. Now. If you did not agree with me or darkness on one of those, I would not hate you or think ill of you. I would, but I would not think of you as a Christian. Okay, fair. Regardless of what yeah. you said, you were right. Yeah. Uh, and and but because I'm a uh, an andist, nor would I insult you, mock you, or eject you from my church, or refuse to break bread with you. Charity and all things. Like it's a silly thing to say. So. It's not silly to say it. Actually, it's something that needs to be said. Right. Um, Unfortunately, right. anymore. So needs, needs yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's not the default position. That's right. But to be in the uh, writ large, holy, apostolic, Catholic, small C church, mm-hmm. those are the three essentials. Yeah. Now, the great world of other things, like should the priesthood be celibate? Does the the <laughs> right. does the wafer and the wine is that actually the body and blood of Christ? Like transubstantiation versus mm-hmm. consubstantiation, you know, is there such a thing as um, as um, I forgot it? I become a Presbyterian. What do I want to say? <laughs> uh, the you know Calvinistic view <clears throat> of of predestination. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, these things are uh, adiaphora. Which is just a Greek word for non-essentials. Like they're, okay. they're things that we don't are right. are not at the heart of. They're things that you're free to believe as a Christian, but not are but are not required to believe. 
They do free, not but disqualify not you from being right. a Christian. That's right. So, um, to my Catholic friends who believe that the the, the priesthood should be uh, celibate, professional and celibate, right. I, I'm say you're free to believe that. Yeah, and um, I re- don't. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but you're I, welcome I, to. I don't. You you have the liberty to do that. Now you uh, don't have you as a non-Trinitarian Christian. You do not have a professional clergy. Correct. Uh, and, uh, but you're welcome to right, and they are quite the opposite celibate. Uh, they're prolific. Prolific. <laughs> um, you are also, as far as I'm concerned, at liberty to believe that. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, I don't. You know, I. Right. I, I, I. It's not. It's not necessary for us to have full agreement on those points. Right. Right. I. You. You as a non-Trinitarian Christian also believe that there that um, there's not the Holy the Father Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, uh, not well the. We believe in them, but not that they are one not that united, one, one right. being right. Uh, together. Right. We believe that they are separate right. and distinct entities. Now, that's a closer one. That'd be a closer one. And I could see where um, Trinitarian Christians such as myself would say, you're not a Christian. I could see where they'd say that. I would disagree. Yeah. Fair. But, see, that's the liberty part. Right. The liberty part, and we're getting, at, getting to the third thing, which is charity. Right. People forever fought wars over such things. Right. I mean, Catholics and Protestants were at each other's oh, yeah. throats. That, they had a reason why they called it the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> right. For, it lasted a hundred years. Yeah. I mean, the Catholics and Protestants in Ireland were fighting about that until, you know, my mid-20s or, or even later. It's mm. it, These are, are, in my mind, matters of non-essentials mm-hmm. in which we can agree to disagree. And if you disagree with me, this is the andest part. That does not make you a man of low character who I must attack right. ad hominem. That's what an orus right. does. Even if, and I'm not saying it's true, but even if I was dead wrong, like right. I was I was Which, con- you, are, which you are. Uh, but, fair. Right. Uh-huh. Right. right. Because I believe Dave's dead wrong. Right. So you know, like how to, <laughs> so what are we supposed to do on that one? Right. right? We right. look at each other and go, empty tomb, empty tomb. Okay. Right. right. You know, right. Fine. Right. You know, now that's is, that's the matter of the organization of the Holy Small C Catholic Apostolic Church. Okay, now those are the radical notions. That's the radical notion of the tomb being empty. That yes. is the controlling factor. Of that all right. Now we can be united, which has nothing to do with full agreement. It means we come right. together, we join together, <clears throat> right. right? We join together mm-hmm. for a common purpose, and the common purpose is. To follow Christ. Yes. And all this adiaphora should not divide us. Now, I would contend that the great majority of the of the church, as it is the Christian mm-hmm, church, mm-hmm. is in the middle of that. I would say so. And I mean, because I, I would be willing to bet, even amongst the people uh, that sit in the congregation with you on Sunday at Waypoint, and on conversely on the side of, you know, over here, where people attend with me and you know, over in Waxon, our, our Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, whew, uh, <laughs> congregation, yeah, FCAM, if you're even, along. Yeah, mm, uh, e- even even amongst the the people that sit in those two congregations, there's going to be some variation. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. right, right, because we're and, humans, well, naturally, right, right. And so, it, you know, agony or or uh, your pastor Wes Berry doesn't stand up on Sunday and go, "I'm going to preach today," and everybody who agrees 100 percent with everything that I said, raise your hand. Everybody else, get out. Right. No, that would be that would not that make would any be sense. what an orist would yes. do. Yes, 
right? That yes. would be what an orist would do. Because you're either this or you're that. And right. if you are the other thing, demonized. That's right. Right. So in unity on the essentials, we can be united in liberty on the non-essentials. Right. And engage in charity in all things. Which brings us to another point, unless you had something else you wanted to do. Not on that there, point. Okay. Because the thing of it is then, and, and this is something that, that you know, I, I think many of the things, many of the concepts we discuss as many band centurions in this burgeoning social movement of two are things that I believed in my heart, but, but you gave words to. And I would say that was true with your first book as well, in Free to Lead. You know, I, I articulated them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, Honored. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't know if I said it in a weird way, but no, no. Um, I just want to make sure that yeah, yeah, right. yes, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you gave you articulated. I, I didn't, in a way that I, I, I didn't give. I didn't put a word on. The words were out there. I mean, I, I that's why I said what I said. I mean, I didn't. Hey, lawyer me later. Okay. Not, I just, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I think yes, that's an, exactly. I personally no, no, I think that's an it's important. A, it's, a wor- it's a worthwhile distinction. And I'm just messing with. But you. I, re- I just want to jump in on that distinction please, real quick, please, because it would be an orist thing to do. Mm-hmm. To, uh, do you see what I mean? Yes. It's it's like these these truths we hold to be self evident yeah. are 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 universally true and from God. That's that's what I believe. Yes, and they've always been true, and they're true everywhere. Right, and I, I didn't discover them. I didn't Fair. name them. Yes, what what I've tried to do is articulate a system of understanding them, and 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 that's what I was okay. getting to. Is trying to say like. That. When, yeah, when you when when I said gave them words, I just meant like the words that you put to them in the order that you right. put them, right? You wrote it down so, in a way that uh, I went, ah, uh, it makes more sense to me now than it did before. So a, a movement, uh-huh. uh, which we like to self-mock or gently tease ourselves about this being a movement, um, has to have a couple of things. Um, and one of them is it has to have a, a doctrinal statement that appears in a single tome, like a T-O-M-E, right? Right. Um, that's again not something I invented. I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's what the Bible is, <laughs> right? That's what free, so it's a pretty good history to right. prove that one out. That's what Free to Lead was right. for F three, right. right? And then, in addition to having a a say a condensed you know articulation of its underlying philosophy in a single tome, it also has to have a distinct and unique language to define the terms of what it exists to be. Right. And we've we you know you wrote about that in Q source. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, now. The minivan centurion, the idea of this movement is a movement to the middle, or it's a beckoning to the middle, or a holding of the middle. So it, we're calling it a movement. I'm not sure that's. I think that's a great way to state it now. It's a social movement, but the the it really isn't a movement so much as a call to people who have moved in the wrong direction or are, or are in danger of doing so. Yeah, and it's the middle, and it's why this 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 chapter is so important. Is critical, it's pivotal, because it's the middle to which we are calling them. Yeah, the, we're asking others to move, um, potentially. Or, and, and, but the, hold on, but or the, resist the temptation to, to move out. To move out. So in terms, that's in terms of a faith system, right? Right. We talk about the, you know, being united in, in as followers of Christ. Now, you can also be united. That would be how your, your view, your worldview as to how we got here and where we're going when it's over. Yes. Right. Okay. As, so, as you have referred to in the past as the what, what, the what, what. So, yeah. what, what happens when I die? Yeah. Right. So, and what does that mean about how? Right. I so, live? you could tease this out a little farther and say, "How the heck did I get here? What happens when I die?" <laughs> right. So that's and then Fair. so my the answer, I believe to that first what is found in 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 Christianity. That's my belief system. Right. Okay. Yes. 
And yours. Yes. Now, the second question is of the what, what is what does that answer say about how I should live now right. on earth, right? right? In between having a, you know, jumped out into existence and the 80 or so-ish years that I will have here. On the big <laughs> Whatever world, the actuarial right? table allows. <laughs> how should I conduct myself? Now, that's an, that's an F3 cure source thing. Like, how right. should... And in, in F3, we don't, we are not prescriptive in this, right? We just say, you know, faith is a belief in something outside of yourself, right? And we acknowledge that there's many belief systems within F3, and we right. encourage that, right? Right, And because that is not an essential, right? Right, It is not essential to be of one denomination or another. Sure. And it even, it is an essential, I was just going to say, it is an essential not to think you're king of the world. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It is, it is an essential. So in that sense, we're prescriptive because we say we think you ought to not think you're the king of the world. However, if you do, we'll still be charitable. Of course. We'll still be kind. We'll still love you. We'll and still, you're still, we'll still you can still be in the group. And I can't remember if this is exactly where I was headed before or not, but the point was going to be along those lines of uh, not only are we not going to kick you out, but if I really believe that what I'm, the, the, the truths that I hold dear are for real and they're good and they help other people. Wouldn't I want everyone around me so that I could try and help and persuade? And and that was the thing I was going to kind of mention is, you know, we may not agree on, on certain uh, things. Right. And there are, there are things about what you've said, it's not essential. So we'll, we'll disagree about that. However, if, and you have, uh, and I think we've done it on both sides um, where on some of those things, we don't hesitate either to point out and go, you know, some of these things might be, might be true, even though they may not be essential to our, you know, moving, moving the ball forward. They're still virtuous. They're still virtuous and they right. still have merit. And sure. and I may try and, and persuade you along those lines. And, and you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're in deep F3 uh, leadership principles, but right. yeah, persuasion. If you, if you believe in something, right. Right. Um, you would want to persuade others to believe it as well if, you're, if your beliefs are sincerely held and you think it would be beneficial to them. So kind of the mark of the high-impact man is to know what you believe. Ad, advocate clearly for what you believe and act like you believe it would be one, yeah. way, to, one, one, yeah. one way to put it. Um, it's, F3 is just not a religious organization. No. Right? We don't, no. We, don't, we don't prescribe or promulgate a specified faith. We say that all men are welcome. Yes. Right? Because that's it's open to all men because that's a core principle. Mm-hmm. But if you uh, are in F3 and you believe you are king of the world, you're probably not going to last long. That's what, the, yeah, I was that, just going right. to say is you, you you may self-select out of that's right. out of whatever it is. Uh, a guy who had read the middle this morning uh, tweeted me and said, well, what are the essentials for F3? And I'm going to respond to him, but, but I didn't have time, but the, I'm going to, I'll respond right now. It's the what we call in F three the mission formula, which is is the sure. is the mission, yes. the credo, and the five core principles. And if you weave those together, you have what what uh, what the essentials are. So plant, grow, and serve men, small workout groups in order to invigorate male community leadership. That's mm-hmm. the mission. Credo: uh, leave no man behind, but leave no man where you find him. And the five core principles, which I won't go through, uh, but taken together, those are the essentials. Right. So if you take you know uh, the first core principle. Which is all men are welcome, and no, you, so it's free. And you, That's I'm brilliant. sorry, it's free. Yeah. Second corporate, all principle. men are welcome. Yeah. I should know my own. Uh, right, we'll back up. On that one. <laughs> Second one. Uh, Start. Now you can leave t- that. You can uh, leave that. <laughs> okay. Uh, open all men. Now, 
if you decry that, yes. If you say, and I don't, there, there, and are, there are those. There are some. That's why I picked it. Yep. If you say it should not be open to all men, it should not be open to men fill in the blank here, uh, who are fill in the blank here, then we are not in unity. Right. Because that's that is an essential. That's, that's why we call it, and that's why I was going to call this chapter the core rather than the middle. But as I was crossing over too many lines, it's. It is an essential within F3 mm-hmm. that you accept and live out the core principle of it's open to all men. Now, but dread, blah, 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 there's this guy, there's that guy, there's this guy, there's that guy. And because we're high-impact men and strong leaders, we resist that temptation all the time. All men means all men. But Full stop. You're woke, and it's a poor leadership that you're not taking a stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to get all that. And... um because we live in a very complex world uh, and a, in a world where um, there's lots of different groups, there's a group for you to go live that out. Right. Knock it out, baby. Go, go knock that out. Yeah. And, and because I'm an andist, we'll just take this head on. Yeah. Because there are those uh, who have drifted in, drifted out of F3 angrily and said homosexual men should not be welcome. Sure. Um, and we have consistently returned them to the mission formula and said, do you see where we say it's open to all men? Right. Now, I can say to me and that those who have say, well, so you believe that homosexuality is is not a sin. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. So, well, how the heck could it be open to all men? I said, because I'm an andist. Right. Because and it, I'm an andist, right? That I, I can hold those contradictory thoughts uh, in my head at the same time to hold the middle, right? F3 uh, is going to be a place where all men can gather. That's the premise upon which it's founded. The fact that I used to be the Nantenum, now emeritus, once we put that into motion, voted on it and approved of it, it became, in a sense, a constitutional issue, a fundamental value that can't be changed by the whim of a particular Nantan. Or a right. whim, it can't be. No. It can't be in the same way. And there's no way to interpret it creatively either, fellas. Right. In, the, so you know. in the same way that no man, uh, no no leader in America could say with a 51% vote uh, could say that, um, well, from now on, you're not right. You don't have any yeah. right to be free from unlawful search and seizure. Fourth Amendment. Fourth Amendment's done. No, see, you're, you're going to have to get, there's going to have there's to be, be a lot of people have to agree yeah, with that. There's going to be a lot of people agree because it's a fundamental right. Right. And in the core principles in F3 are fundamental, yeah. right? Those, are, those yeah. are the essentials. Now, that's a good kind of a jumping off place to, to talk about the other radical notion that I believe is in the, the middle of mm-hmm. what it means to be an American, which is that all men are created equal. When all of them? All men are created equal. That, that appears in the Declaration of Independence, right? right? It, it, Thomas Jefferson didn't make it up. No. But it was a evolving notion because he says it was a truth that is self evident. That was a evolving notion of the Enlightenment, right? Though at the time it was a radical notion, sure, radical, right? Yeah. And, like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. wait a minute. Well, what are you talking about? And we, the, we have slaves. The rest of the world is ruled by status hierarchy, right? What you the status into which you were born drives that, and they're, yeah. they're not equal, right? So for for you know, for the for American colonies to declare all men are created <clears throat> equal, and that there were certain truths that are, we hold to be self evident, and mm-hmm. then there are certain inalienable rights cannot be taken, right? That are guaranteed. They come from God. No government can take them away. 
the right to, to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Radical notion. Mm -hmm. And those are the essentials of Americanism in the same way that the empty tomb and God first and love your neighbor are the essentials of Christianity. We must have unity yeah. on all men are created. If we don't agree on that one, friend, Fully. then right. uh, I'm not sure where to go from there. Right. Now, well, we can't, we can't be united, right. which is the point. We have to have a unity on that to be united as citizens of a nation. Now, all the other things are non-essentials. They may be important. You know, that's what people get a little wrapped up. They right. may be important. But they may, they may not be essential. We can have liberty in those. We can have liberty in those, and we can stay united for a common purpose, even though you may believe one thing or another. Those are the secular adiaphora. Mm -hmm. So you have your adiaphora, and you have your secular adiaphora. And all the laws and ordinances and government regulations the, by the gazillion that exist in these <laughs> United States, right. the great majority of those are secular adiaphora. The, the role and job of the Supreme Court is to, to say which is which. I mean, that's sure. if you boil it down to what the heck they say they do there, right. those nine Ivy League lawyers' job is to sit there and look at— and say, Mm, not Rule, essential. Rules, laws, ordinances, regulations, and say whether or not it's fundamental, essential, goes to the core of our, of, of our liberties. Right. Fundamental can't be changed, or their secular adiaphora, which could be passed by a majority. I mean, that's essentially what they do. Um, and it's... Well, essentially what they're supposed to do. It's actually... Yeah, they, they do it. No, I'm, they, they I'm they just saying. It. You, you, we can... You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like referees. You can watch... A, football game and you go, okay, we know what pass interference, the rule for pass interference is, right? right? Whether or not this was pass interference, this referee says yes, this referee says no. Sure. So this Supreme Court says, justice says, this is an infringement upon the fundamental liberty of free speech. Mm -hmm. This Supreme Court justice says no. So why there are none of them? Right. No, yeah. they can vote, they write opinions, we can understand what they mean, and then, you know, next year could be a different case, change it, and sure. it evolves. Sure. That, that's how it works. And, and I know that, and this is something that used to, and, and probably still does to, to at least some degree, um, but it used to drive me absolutely nuts because I think, and I think a lot of men are like this, I think I wanted it to be, everything needed to be settled. You right. know, that there's a done, that somehow it's done. And what I've come to understand and realize, you know, as I, as I continue to get older and continue to mature and continue to learn, continue to grow and continue to surround myself with good men who teach me a lot of things about, you know, maybe, maybe you aren't the king of the world on that one either, Frank, you know, um, is that the, uh, the idea that it, it is a forever, it, it's an infinite game. Uh, Simon Sinek wrote that book. I don't know if you read it yet, but. Uh, it's a really good book, but it, but that's the idea. Is life is an infinite game. There is no finished. There is no done. There is no complete. There is no not not here and now. That comes later, right? In our belief system, that comes later. Completeness comes later. But that that it will always be a tension between this you know competing value or competing idea and this competing idea. And there's always going to be this dance. And, and that's just how life is navigated. And that's why the middle becomes so essential. Because if you lock yourself into one end or the other, there's no room for you to move. You have no choice but to, to dig yourself in, 
and deep and try and hold that position as hard as you possibly can. And that's why I think there's so much anger and, and, and vitriol and acidity. And I mean, right. I mean, because you, you're trying to hold this position that, that leaves no room for any, any new information, any new idea, any, anything you have to just, because your pride says you have to stay, you have to stay there. And that's why this middle is so essential because I have to be able to move because life is always a negotiation of competing values. The things that help me might, might not help you as much, but we have to, we have to figure these things out together so that we're constantly moving, whether it be slowly, you know, might be a micro movement, right? But we're always moving toward improvement, toward acceleration, toward getting better, toward a better community. Yeah. Is, 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 how much did I miss in there? No, I mean, I think you high level. I think that, that what you're talking about is the difference between the, the immature mind who wants simple answers that make them happy and the mature mind that views human interaction as chaos. But is that not? to some degree, some of what's fundamentally happening at the Andist Oris level? Yeah, well, that's exactly what's happening. Okay. Yeah. So the Andist, for instance, if we're just going to be topical. Yeah, sure. And take up the Rittenhauser trial. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's so, do it. Why not? 17-year-old kid yep. Yep. shoots three people, kills two during a public protest, and is charged with murder mm-hmm. and offers a... Uh, self-defense and is acquitted on those grounds yes uh there's also a couple other charges like gun charges and stuff that were dismissed but after like a 10-day trial but the big one the big one was the murder right big one with two murders two deaths the third assault right now question of self-defense is essentially this is a the self-defense is an ancient defense so Mm -hmm. the idea that if you that you use violence, mm-hmm. um, force, deadly force, mm-hmm. in defense of self or others or even property. That idea has been around for a long time. Yes, wasn't it? It's it's and it's evolved over time. Sure. And it has nuances, but not as many as people seem to think. So, it really. In this case, it doesn't matter why he was there. That seems to be important to a certain set of orists. Yes. It doesn't... He shouldn't have been there in the first place. It doesn't matter if his motives were vigilanteism. It doesn't matter if he wasn't from that city. It doesn't... None of those things matter with regard to his uh, self-defense position. In every defense, in civil and criminal law, there are or certain elements, and those are elements are just like prongs you have to prove, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's how we that's how we do the law, and it's the same for murder. You're charged with murder, you have to prove a certain intent. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, there's, I don't know, it's been a long time since I passed the bar, I'm not a criminal lawyer, but um, these elements of self-defense were read to the jury by the mm-hmm. judge mm-hmm. in the jury instructions, and they had that framework against which to apply the facts that they heard. There aren't that many disputes on the facts as I understand them, but they weren't, right? Right. Um, but like I said, it didn't, one of those facts, one of those elements was not why he was there. Right. Yeah. That's immaterial. Nor was it material, the the nature of the people he shot. Sure. Which we've come to find out is not good. One of them was a convicted pedophile. One was 
Um, I forget what the other guy was. Let's put it the most way. savory of characters. They were all felons. Yeah, all convicted felons. Yeah. And 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 but and we believe, or some believe, that they were there to riot. Sure. That doesn't matter. Nope, it doesn't. All that matters is in the moment yeah. that Rittenhauser pulled the trigger. Did he have a reasonable, which means that you can look at it for like what what would the average reasonable person do? Yeah, belief that he was uh, in imminent danger of death or severe bodily yeah. harm. Yeah. Right? It's a pretty yeah. narrow question. That's what I say. So in, in in that sense, whether he had simply was out getting orange juice at the grocery store and Just happened an innocent to bystander. happened to walk up right. on whatever was happening right. there, right? You have to treat it the same way as if he, I mean, now it would have been different if he had said, I know these three people, I know what they've been into in the past. And I am now seeking these three people to come and to shoot them. Right. Different story. Different That's not story. what happened. Right. Different facts. Different, set of yeah, facts. different so, set of facts. So uh, the point of even bringing this up is that this idea that a, um, a man can um, use deadly force to defend his life. Mm-hmm. That question is is fundamental. Whether he can or cannot, sure, is protected. Whether or not he can use a gun is also fundamental because we right. have the Second Amendment, right? So uh, whether or not I hear talk about the type right. of gun, whether or not he about. has to testify at trial. He doesn't have to. Right. It's fundamental. No. Whether, yep. that, whether or not he has a right to it be uh, a jury trial by a jury of his peers is fundamental. These right. things are all fundamental rights. And right. when I say that, they mean they're embedded in the Constitution, either in the body, in the Constitution, in the Articles, or in the, in the amendments. Right. And they're fundamental, meaning they cannot be infringed upon um, absent. Um, well, they can't be infringed upon, period. Because if they were to be different than that, they would have had to have gone That's some right. process. That's so they right. cannot be That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, orists on one end would say, well, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Sure. Maybe. They would say, he shouldn't, he's too young to have a gun like that. Okay. Sure. Maybe. Um, he was looking for trouble. Maybe. Right. maybe. I mean, you could, you yeah. know, those things could be true. But I would be, I would say to all those things, so what? Yeah, right. Right, they're not or, they're not material. And they're not material. They're not material to the elements of his defense. Right, they're not material. Now, yeah. or some other side would say the police in Kenosha abdicate their abdicated their duties to protect uh, the, the property in the city. Maybe they might say these, we're here for. that these protesters had no right to do all that. Maybe sure that um, the underlying thing, which is a you know, another crime, or, you know, somebody got shot for assaulting some woman or something. That, that never should have happened. Maybe. Right. None of those things are material to the, to the, to the crime of murder. Right. Right. And the, and the, and the self-defense. Yeah, to this 35 right. seconds of video. Right. You know, where you can watch it right. happen. Right. Now, it doesn't matter where your particular emotions or proclivities fall along this line you have to assess it in the same exact way every time, right? It has to, the law has to be the same for everyone. That's the whole point of right. all men are created equal. And just like we talked about in, in previous episodes, kind of the, the idea that, because if you don't right. apply it the same, then then when it's turned around and applied to you, right? oh, well, now you want the exception? Which is a funny thing 
um, it that shows you how the radical notions actually cross over. You know, because, you know, I said, I start out with one radical notion is the empty tomb, right? right? And the other radical notion is all men are created equal. Right. So um, alongside the radical tomb, empty notions are nothing above God and, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So if the radical notion of all men are created equal, we have certain inalienable <laughs> rights, right? That can't right. be taken away. If, if that's true, then one of the reasons why they're true is because you should want to, you got to treat your neighbor as you want to be treated. And if you have found yourself on Monday, even though you don't like what Kyle Rottenhauser did, right. you still want him to have due process under the law because on Tuesday it might be you. It could. That's the golden rule. It could. Now, <laughs> right? it, it may not right. be for murder, but that's, it will be for something. That's the golden rule, yeah. right? And and that's why that's why I say, and this itself is going to be a challenging statement. Yeah. You can't separate the two. Which two? You can't separate the radical notions uh, of how Oh, the two radical notions. Yeah, you can't yes. they, they work in tandem. And if you believe one, it logically serves that you you kind of have to believe more that you need it. You need the other. So to to say I have liberty, right? Uh I have liberty, and to decouple that with an underlying faith basis for it Uh means you're nothing but a libertine, right? I'm free to do whatever I want. Is there any limiting principle to that freedom? No, you're a libertine. But if you say I'm, is that anarchy? In yeah, a, in a sense? It approaches okay. anarchy. Okay. Ultimately, it devolves into anarchy. Okay. But if you say I'm free, right? I, I have these inalienable rights, and I have uh-huh. liberty. But my liberty is proscribed, right? It's limited uh-huh. by the fact that I cannot put anything before God. I can't idolize anything, and I have to treat my neighbors myself. Bound and guarded by right. These bound and guarded premises. by right. It's yeah. they're tethered. They're tethered. So it's become common to attribute and all these motives and thoughts to our founding fathers and say they, <laughs> yes. they you know, they had no faith and they <clears throat> right. were deists and all this stuff. And I don't believe it for a second because I've read a lot of what they wrote. Um, but they, the two things went together. That's why, you know, I, uh, when people say, well, 1776 isn't the real date America started. It's 1619. I'm like, actually it's 30. Uh, it's 0030 because mm-hmm. that's the empty tomb. I mean, that's my belief. That's when it, that's when it actually started. Like you can't just start American history at sixteen nineteen or or fourteen ninety two or you know right. none, none of that. Right. It started seven, well in seventeen eighty six. Then why stop at thirty? Because it was it was true before before that. Even. And and the reason why I started thirty is because in him mm-hmm. came the the full the full culmination of all that preceded. Right, so the the, the story yeah. that okay. is told through the Old Testament, you know, that uh, all these Christophanies, you know, where there's appearances of Christ, like the Melchizedek and all these things, what you're getting is a a a foreshadowing right. of the ultimate Messiah, right, come to Earth to to solve the sin problem, right. I mean, that's what he did. That's what the empty tomb was, right. So that the resurrection of Christ solved the sin problem. Paid. All yeah, paid all this stuff that. That you know that everybody's struggling with, you know, and it, and still struggles with what what was introduced into the creation by the by the fall in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. Sin introduced into man through the first man, Adam, right? 
that problem is not solved until Christ. That's true. Not until 30. Until well, 30. 34, but yeah. Right. Well, I think it's actually 30. Is but, it 30? Yeah, but you know what? That's Adiaphora. Ah! <laughs> so uh, it's, that's, it's not solved until then. Yeah. That's when the... It's a, it's a notion so radical that even those who would die to disprove it set the calendar over on that day. That's one of those things that amazes yeah. me, right? Yeah. We'll I mean, reckon all of time right. from here forward That's right. based on this. Right. Right. So the world restarted. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Restarted its days, its counting of days. You know, it it was a radical so a notion so radical that the most powerful entity on earth, you know, the Caesar, the mm-hmm. Caesar Augustus and mm-hmm. the, and this and the Roman Empire spent itself into into oblivion trying to stop it. Right. And couldn't because it was true, right. in my voice. Right. And then when, in another 1,740 years later, 1,740 years of that, a lot of agony and a lot of pain and a lot right. of chaos, right. right? A lot of people going, it should be simple. 1,740 years later, the founding fathers declared themselves free from King George and said, not only... Are you not art a tyrant that will rule us anymore? But we're declaring an end to tyranny in general. Yeah. Governance by status. We're not just rejecting you. You. It's the whole system is over. Yeah. It was over. We're done. And that the king of England being the like Caesar of his time, having at his fingertips the most powerful naval and military force the world had ever seen couldn't stamp it out. And over time, just as the Romans became Christianized, mm-hmm. the English became Americanized. <laughs> well, right? yeah. Now, now yeah. it's a constitutional monarchy. Yeah, That's how powerful those radical notions are. And so when I hear orists, either end, talking about how they think the world came into being or where the, how they think the world should be governed. I'm like, you need to argue it from the framework of the radical notions, I think, or you're really just kind of spitting in the wind. You're, you're leaving it up to ideas that will change. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's, or, or it, it must be anchored to and that. And that really brings up the bigger, maybe uh, to some degree anyway, that's the middle. Well, I was going to say the, That's mi- the, the middle is anchored to a belief in absolute truth. Right. That there is there is there is absolute truth and it is discoverable. Right. That that I don't know how radical, but that notion, that idea, is essential, and everything else must moor itself to that. Else, it be blown off into whatever wind, right. as as the scripture says, as wind you, of doctrine. As you said, right? Yeah. As you said. You believe him so deeply, right? Even when you couldn't articulate it, right? Yeah, you're like, ding, ding, right? I knew, I knew something was off. Right. I knew something was, you know, every and I felt it. Every American, well, every every human being, first of all, every human being, when confronted with a, a situation or scenario in which traditional notions of fair play and substantial justice are cast to the wind by a tyrant, says the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
that's not fair. <laughs> right. So they know it from somewhere. Every American, regardless of where they find themselves across the world. Oh, yeah, we've talked about it. Right. When they, <laughs> have their, when, when they have their individual liberties infringed upon, say, I'm well, an Wait a minute. But wait a second. I'm yeah. an American. And they're like, we don't care. As if, <laughs> as if telling, you know, uh, you know, the, the, uh, a, Hitler or, you know, an Ayatollah, whatever it might right, be, that it would mean anything to him. Right. But it means a heck of a lot to an American because these truths we hold to be self-evident. Right. You know it, whether you knew you knew it or not. That's right. That's why the, the language of the declaration is so rich mm-hmm. and so deep. But that middle, like we talked about last week, that this, this idea, man, these ideas of liberty are always a close run thing. Yeah. And they're always under threat. And we are human beings so we make mistakes. And we'll talk about a big theme later in the book is the blemish of slavery mm-hmm. upon this land of freedom because it was an abomination. Yeah. And it was it arose from a hideous compromise um, in an imperfect world by broken men. And we, we're still fighting it out today. Yeah. But I, I this burgeoning movement of two yes. that we are to the MC Curious... We're calling men of all races and creeds, and I don't care what you are. Here is the truth in the middle. Here is the place where your community can prosper. Here is the place where you can love and protect your family. Without this nation and the middle, Freedom's Park, as I like to think of it, yeah. without it, the light of liberty and the hope that America presents to the rest of the world, flickers finally out and goes in darkness. And what of us then? And that's why it's important, because it is here in the middle that is the only safe place to dwell. Yeah. So um, I hate to get so heavy on you, Dark, because it's, no, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Yes, it is. We're going to go out uh, tomorrow with our families, and we're going to celebrate the middle. We're yeah. going to celebrate uh, this crazy land of freedom. Uh, that uh, we are so honored to dwell in. And um, I know you'll, you're going to say a prayer with your family. Going straight. And Thanksgiving, and I'm going to too. And, you know, we're going to eat a lot of bird, and we'll get back after it. And um, until that time, I'm just going to ask you to do something, uh, if, uh, if you will. I have something to ask you afterward, but go ahead. Well, what I want to ask you is will you help me hold the middle? I will. You stay in the fight? I'll stay in the fight. All right. <laughs> you got to face radio. <sighs> I don't know how many times I have to tell you. It's a podcast. It is. It is. You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. You don't fight alone. You fight alongside Centurions. Centurions.